0: working on Ninto. He'll dance, he'll step, he'll shoot, and he hits it! We're here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work at SB Nation or The Dream Shake. And before we get too deep into last night's game, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself.
1: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. Um, You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Vader underscore H-Town. Mostly Rockets, a little bit of Texans, uh, world champion Astros.
0: I'm sure very little Texans at this point. <laughs> Man, not, not very
1: much. Mostly slander at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, it's pretty uh, bad. You know, I'm just hoping
1: that uh, the the rainbow at the end of the storm is, is is worth it because, like, what we've been going through the the past uh, several weeks has just been awful. It's been terrible. I mean, like yesterday they only had five yards of total five offense yards. at halftime. And like, that's crazy. Like, if you really think about five yards,
0: five. That's hard to do. You can fall like down really. and get more than five yards.
1: That's not even a first down <laughs> worth of yards. And we did not have a first down worth of yard, yardage uh, in total offense at halftime. And I don't know, man, it's embarrassing at this point. I, I, I want them to do better. But hey, you know, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. We We can talk about that <laughs> off camera.
0: That's that's a that's a whole other podcast, and and the Rockets do have the uh, worst record in lead, but at least we kind of see some hope with the Rockets as they went down one twenty seven to one twenty. Actually, a pretty entertaining game. Um, I think most Rockets fans, most Rockets fans, will take a game like yesterday, even though they lost, because at this point, the Rockets, I mean, even though some people may not realize, the Rockets are still rebuilding. They're not a finished product. They're not going to win majority of the games. So if you go into the game realizing that. You won't get your blood pressure, uh, to a point where you have to go to the hospital. I mean, last night' game was really entertaining. They got down early. I mean, I honestly thought that the game was probably over in the first quarter, as bad as they looked. And then we saw Clay Thompson going off in the first quarter. Keep in mind, even though he had a better game the game before, Clay Thompson's been horrible all year. I Terrible. mean, Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges was clowning him at one point. That's how bad it gotten for Clay Thompson. And of course. Klay Thompson turned into 2018, 2017. Klay Thompson all of a sudden just went crazy yesterday, especially in the first quarter. And it was almost like Steph Curry was letting him do his thing in the first half. And then the second half, he decided, okay, well, I guess I'll just break the Rockets' hard again. And then he just took over in the second half. But it took 24 three-pointers from the Warriors for them to finally pull it out at the end. And the Rockets still had a chance to win that game yesterday, even though Jalen Green struggled. He was only 4-for-15. But Kevin Porter Jr., who came in uh, to the day um, doubtful, then was raised uh, questionable, then he eventually played because we all know that he loves playing against Steph Curry. I mean, he had some of his best games last year against the Warriors, and he had probably his best game all year with 30 points, only two turnovers um, last night. I mean, he played under control the entire game. Um, He played with pace. He wasn't hesitating. He wasn't over-dribbling. I mean, he had probably his best game all year. And then on top of that, Tari Easton and Jabari Smith both have career nights um, in points and in rebounds. Um, I mean, Jabari Smith's game, to me, kind of makes up for the loss altogether because at the end of the day, you're trying to develop Jabari Smith. You need Jabari Smith to be – he doesn't have to be the top player on the Rockets, but he has to be one of their top two or three players um, for that draft pick, um, not to feel like a disappointment. And He had one of his – he had his best game. Um, of the year against one of the better teams even though they're struggling so to me that was that was a great takeaway from this game was Kevin Porter Jr. having a great game. Tari Eason is like a revelation at this point. I mean he's getting to the point where we're going to be asking should he be starting Um, once they decide whatever they're going to do with Eric Gordon in his 30 minutes a game. We're going to be talking about whether he should be starting because I mean he was just all over the court. I mean him Jabari and uh, Kevin Porter Jr., the reason why they got back into that game. And also, uh, Uzma Garuba, too, we can't forget about him because even though he didn't have a, a lot of points last night, he's still making all the plays, the rebounds, great passing. Um, like I was saying last night, he, to me, he's probably, if not the best, the second or third best passer on the entire team. So it was a lot of positives I took away from this game. Yeah, you wanted to beat the Warriors, Um you wanted to, the Rockets to have some type of momentum going into the next game. But at the end of the day, to me, it's all about development. And we saw the development we needed to see from Jabari Smith and Tari Eason. Uh, so, I mean, basically,
1: what did you see from last night' game that you like or didn't like? I'm gonna try to be as unbiased as humanly possible. I just I cannot stand the Golden State Warriors at all. Yes, um, it, it's it's been years and years and years of torment. Like any anytime I even see Stephen Curry, like I just get mad. And I know he he's a he's an excellent basketball player, one of the greatest yeah. of all time, one probably arguably the best shooter of all time. If you consider the fact that the way he shoots them, it's not just yeah. like out of threes. It's like off you know off the move, off the <clears throat> off the dribble. Off the catch, like he does everything, and then excuse me, the range that he pulls up with is just like phenomenal. So, uh, and Clay Thompson, man, golly, he would pick, um, he would pick yesterday (sighs) against the Houston Rockets. Like, that made me mad too, because like you said, dude's been playing awful this year, and I mean terrible. Like, I think, unless you really have been looking at the statistics, you don't realize Clay Thompson has been one of the worst players in the NBA. yes, Uh, you like. He's supposed to be a shooter. I mean, he is a shooter, but his shooting was so bad. Um I think he had one of the worst uh, true shooting percentages in the whole league, especially considering the, the amount of shots he takes. So yeah. for him they just come in the game last night and just kind of remember who he was. I know he got it going a little bit the previous game, but he he was he was good the previous game. He was vintage Klay Thompson this game. And so yeah. it was it was hard to watch. It brought back, you know, some PTSD uh moments for me with him just hitting like ridiculous shots. Um <laughs> I mean, like, what do they – it's like they were, like, playing NBA 2K out there. It was, like, video yes. games. Uh, a couple of the ones that Steph Curry made just just made me angry. Like, I, I almost cut it off. And then like, – You knew it was going in, this. that last shot. I hate that. I don't it want it. I, like, every time he does this, that uh, just uh, makes me so mad. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stand it. But anyways, it took them 74 points to beat us by seven points you know and that's yeah. defending champs. i know they've been struggling i know that they have um you know they've had some changes to their bench as far as you know they lost a few guys and they've been incorporating some of the younger guys but like that's still golden state they still have yeah. curry thompson uh wiggins draymond green they, they, the, the core pieces are still there so to be go out there and be competitive against them, I think was a feather in our cap. To be perfectly honest, I know people were a little disappointed that we didn't close it out, but see that's the difference between a young team and a veteran team, uh, yeah. a, a, a team that's trying to find their identity and a team that already knows who they are and have won multiple championships. So I'm not I'm not too angry. The only thing I'm a little disappointed about was. Uh, Jalen Green. I feel like if he would have had like his typical yeah. Jalen Green game, or maybe even a little bit less than a typical Jalen Green game, we probably win this game. We probably win the game uh, that we played before this against the Pacers too. So he's struggling a little bit. I think this break is coming like at a good time for him. He he might be tired. He might need to like you know rest up, and then maybe they need to get out you know have have one of those practices that they haven't been able to really have and, yeah. and kind of iron out some things because it's not. I can't really put my finger on it he, he's just a little he's just a little out of rhythm right now and I don't know if it's because he's been taking on a little bit more of the playmaking responsibilities and if th- and if so then I'm, o- I'm okay with the struggle because I do want him to uh, you know sharpen up his, his playmaking chops and you know yesterday was the first the first game in several days he didn't get five assists so I think he only ended the game with four assists. so. I'm I'm encouraged. However, I, I do want to see Jalen Green bounce back. I know he will. I mean, if if he if he can bounce back last year after the horrendous start that he had to the season and you know, not really knowing what he can do, just kind of hoping that he could do certain things. I, you know, I'm not really worried about Jalen Green, but I do uh I do want him to tighten up, you know, on some things. And I think when we come back, you know, we don't even play a game again until what Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah Friday, so I Saturday. Think when he comes back. I think we'll see some some more of those vintage Jalen Green uh plays that we've gotten used to seeing. Um, like you said, also, um, Tari Eason, man, he's been a revelation. I, I cannot believe this man failed at 17th in the draft. Like, what can <laughs> what can he not do? I mean, he yeah. rebounds. He handles the ball a lot better than I anticipated that he would be able to do. I know people said that his left hand is really shaky. And he doesn't go left very often, but he has a functional dribble. I mean, he pretty much can get to where he wants to get to, and he can yeah. make plays. He can pass. Um Passes a lot better than what what, what was advertised. So that's been kind of sticking out to me. And then the defense has been as advertised. How many times, you know, each game does he get a steal that leads to a fast break layup or a fast break done? It's become like, you remember when we had Trevor Ariza? It's almost something like you you almost (laughs) expected him to, like, get a steal and it lead to a transition bucket. And that's where Tari Eason is with me right now. Like, I, I think he does it almost every single game. And then the rebounding has been phenomenal for a person of his size. He just knows where the ball is. And then, like you said, he had a career-hard 19 points on 8 of 14 shooting, so he was pretty efficient as well. Um, love Tariq, and I think that if he continues to develop his shot, I mean, I think he may have star potential. Not not superstar potential, but I think that he, has, he definitely has star potential. I think he'll be here, you know, for the duration of the rebuild unless somebody offers us something crazy for him. Uh, K.J. Martin is another guy who has kind of exceeded my expectations. You know, I thought he was pretty good, but like he's really showing himself to be um, a, a, a big contributor to this team, and then the yeah. fact that like teams like the Phoenix Suns are calling about him now is kind of showing you like I think he's starting to be valued around the league for what he brings. His dunk package is like crazy. He's probably yeah. the best dunker on the team. And in like, if you would have asked me that before the season, it would have I would have said it was out of him and Jalen Green, but it's definitely KJ. KJ like dunks on somebody every game, and it is like gravity-defying stuff. Uh, he gets a block, you know, pretty much every game, and, and it's pretty spectacular. Um, if he if he's knocking down the three, like sky's the limit for him as well. I, I don't know if I necessarily see the same upside that I see with Tari, just because I don't know. It's just something about Tari's game that I really like from from a fundamental uh, perspective. And then, like you said, Jabari, going into this like extended layoff with a game like this under his belt, I think it's it will be wonders for his confidence. So I think when he comes back, I think he's already been kind of like coming out of it. Uh, The game against the Pacers, I think he took a little step back. But I think the game prior to that against the Mavericks, I think he had what? I think he had like 15 rebounds or something like that. Yeah, Um, he didn't score that much. but You could see like the defense, um, the defense was as advertised. And that's one of the biggest things that's been concerning me about him. It hasn't been his shot. Like a lot of people are worried about his shot like he shoots a lot of wide open shots, that's going to come. Like I, I don't believe a guy with his shooting chops is going to miss wide open shots, you know, for the mm-hmm. duration of his career. However, his defense, um, although it was, it was decent, it wasn't like lockdown kind of defense. And then I think we've been seeing a little bit more of that um, the past few games. So I, I I like what I'm seeing from Jabari right now, the points, the seven rebounds. I want to say he didn't get any of his trademark blocks this past game, but um, I'm just excited, like the the goon squad, like you you brought up Garuba. Yeah. I mean, he he just does things that contribute to winning. You know, I've been saying this from from you know before the season even started. And then you kind of saw yesterday. I'm a little worried about Shingoon. Shingoon ah, had four points. To <laughs> you get to that, okay. But yeah, 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 I'm a little worried about Shingun. We can get back to that. But you know, just to to, to backtrack, you know, Jabari looked good, KJ looked good, Tari Eason looked good. And KPJ looked phenomenal. He had a really good game. I think yeah. like you said, as, as if you consider the level of competition to to say that KPJ, Jabari, and Tari probably really had their best games of the season against the defending champs. So there's a lot of good things to take away from this from this loss.
0: Yeah, and before we go too far, let's talk about Shangun, because that was actually the next thing I was gonna bring up is these are the type of games where you kind of see Shangun's deficiencies. I mean Yes, he's a great passer. Yes, he's the one of the best post up players not just on the team in the league, but when you get teams that know how to take advantage of his defensive liabilities, then what happened last night happens. Because Shane Gould is not going to play up on anybody. Garuba can get up on point guard, shooting Did guard. You we see saw it. Defending Steph Curry. <laughs> i was about night? to say Man, he, he, he had Steph Curry on Curry the, the ground. Positions. He was all over him. and and not only that, and th- this was actually on the KPJ block. He defended Steph Curry, and then uh, Steph Curry lost his balance, threw the ball to Wiggins. Then he defended Wiggins, and then that's when they tried to the backdoor cut, and that's when KPJ got the block. But Garuba brings something that the Rockets don't have anywhere else on the team. It's, it's a big a center that can switch onto guards, and shang just cannot do that. And the Warriors, they were just taking advantage of it every single time. shang would kind of step back. And then they would get their mid range shot, or they would get a wide open three. And you saw Garuba had to be the one to finish the game because Shangun is not able to play against teams that know how to take advantage of that drop coverage. And that's a problem that's going to the Rockets going to run into It's Not like Shang-Goon is going to get faster or he's going to get more athletic. It, it, none of those things are going to happen. So that's something the Rockets are going to you know keep in mind. Even when they bring back Bruno Fernando, Bruno Fernando is not switching out on on to any guards as well. He may be a, a better defensive player overall than Shangun, but they were running the same thing with uh, uh, Fernando as well. They were running a lot of drop coverages, and teams were taking advantage of that. So that's why at this point, it, it would make it wouldn't make any sense to Garuba not to be in the rotation. Honestly, it really doesn't make any sense to Garuba... Is not ahead of Fernando in most cases. Now, there may be some circumstances where it's a bigger guy, a bigger center, and you need a Fernando playing uh, minutes. But it should not just be a foregone conclusion that oh, Fernando's back; he should be back in the rotation ahead of Garuba. I mean,
1: and I don't even know if I buy into that theory. I know, I yeah. know that there are times where Silas uh, sees that bigger center out there and he sends out Bobon or something like that. But we've seen, yeah. um, we've seen Garuba. You know, pretty effectively guard Zion. I mean, as, as well as you can, and we've yeah. seen them guard a guy like Giannis. So, like, these are two of the most premier and athletic, super like super freak big men in the NBA. Yeah, they're not like towering as far as height, but yeah. I mean, they're much more of a, a scoring threat than a than like some of these other like guys like you know, maybe like a Steven Adams or somebody like that. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I want to see, like, give him a chance. I'd like to see Garuga yeah. get a chance on a guy like that because, I mean, that's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a defensive player who can switch on to bigger or smaller guys. So I, I, I just want to get, I want him to have the opportunity to show either that he can or can't do it before we decide to go away from it and, and go to Fernando. And I like Fernando. I hate I hate yeah. the fact that we have a logjam at the position with three guys who I would like to see play with. And they all bring a little bit of something different to the table, but you cannot argue with uh, Garuba's pr- productivity. And it's not just what he does for himself uh, statistically; it's what he does with the unit that he's on the floor with. His his plus minus the the stuff that you know, like if you look, like he's involved in a lot of our best uh, best lineups, and I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I think that yeah. you know he's he's just doing the little things that's helping guys. Uh, make winning plays and and play winning basketball even though we're not winning very much but like when they're when when he's on the floor like KJ and Tari and then I've seen a little bit with him with Bari recently I think they've been experimenting Silas which which is what I like I've been wanting to see more like Tari Eason Jabari minutes but like those lineups are giving us good minutes and I would argue that the starting lineup doesn't need to be the starting lineup, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. And it's not just because I don't want to see Eric Gordon in the lineup; that lineup does not work. <laughs> that lineup puts well, us in deficits a lot of games. That, that you can't lineup. have Eric Gordon playing
0: thirty minutes a game at mm-hmm. all. And I, honestly, I'm fine with them going back and forth between starting Garuba and starting Shangun because I know people don't want to hear it. But sometimes Shangun may be better coming off the bench, going against second unit guys, where they can run the offense through him because. Even now, Shangun sometimes is still kind of lost with that first unit because you have Kevin Porter Jr. has to have the ball. Jalen Green, like you were saying earlier, is taking more of a, a ball handling facilitator type role, so he needs a ball in his hand. And then if you're going to continue to start Eric Gordon, you know Eric Gordon's going to get his shots one way or another. Eric Gordon's going to get his gets his travel per game that he usually gets. He's going to get his shot off. So a lot. Of with that first unit. And I think that's what the Rockets were trying to do earlier when they had Shangun coming off the bench for Fernando. But it's kind of funny that what they were trying to get from Fernando is exactly what they're getting from Garuba. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't have a problem if they kind of go back and forth trying to figure out this starting lineup because at this point you got the worst record in the league. What is it going to hurt to start a lineup of uzma garuba and then have tari Eason as small forward or have kj martin as small forward i mean to me other than kpj and Jalen green and jabari smith the rest of the starting lineup to me can be
1: back and forth and they play well with garuba garuba is an underrated passer like i've seen some passes that garuba makes and i'm like oh i didn't i didn't know he had that in his bag like he he has he has like underrated passing ability short roll passes yeah yeah and they play really well with him so like yeah Shingun thing is the Shingun thing is so frustrating because one minute he looks like a guy who you can build the team around, and the next minute you get a four point game from him, like you got yesterday four points and seven rebounds, three assists. Um, he only took three shots, so I mean I don't know. It, it was just like that's a bad matchup for him for one. Yeah. Yeah. But like when you talk about when we get back to winning, you know, in a year or two. And we're in playoff situations. I mean, you saw last year. If you if you really watch basketball, you you see that guys like Chingun oftentimes get played off the floor. Like they, they, don't play they at all may in get playoffs. minutes. They may get minutes during the duration of the season. They may get minutes at during certain series. And then some series you don't see them as much because of the matchup situations. And I, I don't want that for Chingun <clears throat> because you know we're we're hoping that he's like a baby baby Jokic or whatever, but he's going to have to be consistent. He's going to have to figure out a way to like make it work uh, no matter who's on the floor with him, because like, you can't have games like yesterday where you're just like, like a liability defensively. And then when you're in there on offense, things don't just don't seem to be clicking. And and then they put a guy like Garuba in who, you know, like, if, if you're really looking at it, I mean, you, you're like, Oh, Garuba's nowhere near the player that Alprin Shingun is. He doesn't have the ceiling that, that Alfred has, but yeah. it's just the stuff that he does. You know, in correlation with what the other guys need, it just works well together.
0: I mean, l- let me let me ask you about Shangun. Do you think it was just it was a matter of the Rockets thought Shangun can be a good player, but they didn't think he was going to be that good of a player that soon? So it kind of forced their hand, and they're they're kind of trying to figure it out on the fly now. They thought, okay, Shangun can be, <clears throat> excuse me, he can be good, but he can be good enough to come off the bench the first two or three years. But See, he kind of forced, forced their hand. He kind of forced their hand into and making okay. Well, dang, he's maybe too good to come off the bench, but we really want to develop him more. It's just a matter of they just he was just too good too soon. Because last year, honestly, they they were thinking about having him go to the G League when the season started, but he was just too good to go to the G
1: League. So it kind of accelerated all their plans. See, that's what I don't know because. But- if you look at it, there were there were a couple, at least one other like rim running uh, lob threat, you know, vertical spacing, big, you know, archetype player in that draft. And that was Isaiah Jackson, who the the Pacers yeah. ended up drafting awesome. and he went after, so, you know, to me, like if you had a if you had a vision of, OK, that's the type of player that we want to have around KPJ and Jalen Green and some of these other guys, like you had an opportunity to draft that last year. And then in this draft, um, supposedly they had some, um, you know, they had a pick on the table for Eric Gordon. And they maybe could have used that on a on a big guy that they could have yeah. used as a project, you know, because there were some big guys towards the end of the first round as well who kind of fit that mode. Um, I kind of wanted Mark Williams at some point just, you know, to have like a different, you know, different lip one because he, he's huge and he can do all the kind of, he kind of reminds me of like of a Clint, Clint Capella, but a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, so i don't know man like the shingun thing is 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 it's like weird. i said, it's, it's frustrating just, because yes. you see so much talent in him but then when you see like him struggle like he did yesterday and and Jalen green struggled too so let's not let's not say um you know i don't like I, that was one of the first things that i brought up so i don't want people watching this and say you know oh i'm being harder on shingun than i am on Jalen green who had a you know also had a two, a two bad game. games in a row. Yeah. but it's it's more of a fit thing with Shingoon. is jaylen green is not a fit thing Shingoon is a is a fit thing is are what kind of basketball does silas and, and rafael stone envision this team playing and does Shingoon fit that and then some of the decisions that they make um like the one with him coming off the bench to start the season and then now you see in a lot of situations he's not even closing uh basketball games he's no. not playing those crucial minutes at the end so it's almost it gives you the impression that they don't believe they don't know what they want in to do. <laughs> him or trust him in that situation. Not because they don't believe in him as a player, but they don't think that he fits with these other guys. Like, like Why would you not play him at the end of the game if you, if you felt like he was going to help you win the game? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean my opinion on it is you have enough scoring. The Rockets can score on anybody. We've seen this time and time again. The Rockets can put up points. When they have it going, they can put up points against any defense in the league. Their problem is they, they don't stop anybody. Um, they have individual players that are a really good defensive player, you know, Tari and Jabari Smith, at times Kevin Porter Jr., Uzma Garuba. But the, <clears throat> as a team, they just they don't stop anybody. So you can't have a liability like Shangoon sometime on the court defensively at the end of games. Cause you saw as soon as Shangoon came in the game, what the Warriors do? They went right to the pick and roll with Shangoon. And it's not Shangoon's fault. It's just sometimes you just don't have the Abilities to play certain type of defense, and Garuba does have that ability, and Garuba does bring some of the same sort of passing that um Shangun does. Now, of course, he's not going to give you the offense you need, but when you have Kevin Porter Jr. going like he was, and you have Jabari Smith having his best game, offense really wasn't your problem last night. The problem was they just couldn't stop anybody, right, we especially on pick and rolls. Points, so yeah, yeah they scored 120 points. Last night at all. You, you, you should be able to win with 120 points, but. Um, I don't know if it's really fair to necessarily just use yesterday's game as a perfect example because I mean Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I, I really don't know if you had a Kemalage one. Well, I won't go that far. I won't even if you had a defensive player. If you have Giannis out there guarding them, I don't know if it really would have mattered yesterday because when they have it going, when they when they're able to run their legal screens, um, <laughs> cough cough, they they are pretty much unstoppable. You know, it's not really too much you can do. But we've seen other games where. Um, Shane Goon actually had a decent offensive game, but he didn't finish the game because Silas wanted a more of a
1: defensive presence on the court. He wanted Garuba out there. So I think this that is wor- that see. worries me because I'm worried yeah. about um, like, if you don't see him as that type of player that is going to start and finish games for you, or at least finish games for you. Um, it just makes me wonder, you know, yeah. is he, is he part of the, the, the core? You know, we talk about like, who's, who's, who's the core of this team. And if they won't even trust that man to finish basketball games that they that that in are a rebuilding that they year, they can win. It makes me <laughs> kind of it makes me kind of wonder.
0: Yeah, I mean, in a rebuilding year, he's not closing out these games. So just imagine when they're trying to actually make a push for a playing spot next year. I mean, even if they don't get Wembyama, are they looking to go out and find another center, or are they looking to permanently have Shangun come off the bench and only playing twenty minutes a game? I mean, it's it's a weird situation because he's 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 too good to just stick on the bench and not play of course but he has his, his liabilities stick out so much it's hard to play him 30 35 minutes a game because we even got to the part where he's been on foul trouble a lot more lately as well when he has been playing more minutes to point where he's got five five fouls in the third quarter and then they can't play him for most of the fourth quarter because of his foul trouble then you throw in the liability so it's a, it's a it's a tricky situation, something they need to figure out this year because you can't still be going back and forth next year. You need to have a set plan in place on exactly what you want to do um, because you're going to be going into free agency. Um, you're going to be going into another draft where you have multiple picks. So you're going to have to figure out the situation one way or another, and then you're going to have to stick to that plan because at this point, it seems they're kind of just grasping at straws on what they want to do out towards the end of these games, whether they want Shangun on the court or not. And it seems like most time they, you know, you've talked to Coach Silas. It seems like he's perfectly fine with Shangguan not closing out this game. And I'm not I mean, even saying this.
1: Jabari, when you have Jabari playing like he did yesterday, yeah, you he's going to be playing a lot KJ, of fire. You have KJ, you have Tari, you have Garuba. Those are four guys right there. Who, I mean, like that's a good lineup. That's a good lineup. Yeah. You have a lot like some combination of Tari, KJ, Jabari, or Garuba. Like those. Like I'm, I'm okay with like going with that with with KPJ and Jalen Green to close game, but yeah. that all, like I said that does put Shangun in a in a in a in a you know unenviable position. Um, I, I guess he's he's limited. I'm like he's gonna have to get better. Um, but how much better he can get, I think will will determine like his future and his team. He's not ne- he's yeah. not gonna be satisfied with being a bit player. Uh, no. Not not with his offensive ability. And let's get that. Let's be clear about that. Like, Shingoon has an amazing offensive repertoire as far as uh, low post scoring yeah. and as far as passing. So, like, I just don't envision a world where he'll be fine with playing 25 minutes per game.
0: No. Yeah, he's, he's going to want to be a starter one way or another. Whether the Rockets give it to him or not, he's going to want to be a starter. So, that's going to be a situation they're going to have to figure out. And let's not forget. The Rockets will play Jay Sean Tate. Whether people want him to play or not, he's going to be in the rotation once he comes back. So that's a whole nother situation where the Rockets. It's it's simple. The Rockets going to have to trade Eric Gordon. I mean, there's no other way around it. It's no way you can let Eric Gordon still be on the team past his trade deadline, because if if that's the case, then. You're, you're not – that's that's when I would really start to have a problem with the front office or Coach Silas. If Eric Gordon is still on this team past the deadline and still playing 30 minutes because then you're you're definitely hindering uh, Tari Eason and K.J. Martin's development because there's no way they're going to be able to play the minutes they're even playing now. And in some cases, they should be playing more minutes than 20 minutes a game. They should be playing closer to 30 minutes. So once Jay Shantae come back and you still have Eric Gordon on the roster – they're gonna have to figure out
1: something one way or another pretty soon. I agree with that. I mean, I know they value his his veteran presence, but I feel like you can get his 13 points uh from somewhere else. You can replace his 13 yeah. points. I know he's a four spacer and, and all of that good stuff, but um I think you know we we value you and and thank you for your service. Uh let's send him to a contender, give him an opportunity yes. to compete for a championship and let's see, let's see what we have. I mean, there's a lot of stuff this that that we need and and there's a lot of different ways and directions that this team can go free agency and draft wise and i think moving eric gordon out and letting some of these other guys take it absorb his minutes will kind of help you figure out uh what you want to do moving forward because he him playing 30 minutes is just it's not it's not ideal no
0: no, not at all. It, it actually really doesn't make much sense. It, I mean, he had a really good game a couple of games ago when KPJ was out. But for the most part, he's usually, like you said, giving you 13, 14
1: points a game. And which I don't think that get... good game that he had, I think it kind of threw everybody out of out of rhythm because he, yeah. dom- he, he kind of dominated the ball a little bit. And I think it kind of uh, you saw, you know, people were not really like, in, in the in the normal rhythm of the game and and then we only yeah. scored like what 90, 90 points something like that it, it was it was bad. Yeah only ninety one points the lowest they've yeah. had And, like
0: since um last year probably around March um they usually like I said they usually don't have a problem scoring but yeah it seemed like most people were
1: just kind of watching Eric Gordon do his thing yeah, and they it kinda so he got his out, you know? at the detriment of the team and not, you know no no you know I'm not trying to throw any shade at him but it's just kind of like what it looked like to me. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Rockets still have a lot of decisions to make. I mean, it's kind of crazy
0: to think that they are still a rebuilding team. They have one of the worst records in the league, but they have good players to where it does make the decision difficult on what they need to do going forward. Some aren't aren't difficult. You know, you do need to move on for Eric Gordon, not just for the Rockets sake, but for Eric Gordon's sake. He, he's giving you everything that he was supposed to give you when you first brought him here. He definitely deserves the opportunity to go somewhere and actually have a chance to win a ring. So it, it it's beneficial for both parties when it comes to Eric Gordon. Um, but I mean, even with the younger play, they still have decisions to make. With Jayshon Tate comes back, what's going to be his role? Because Tari Eason, again, I think they knew Tari Eason could be good, but they didn't think he was going to be this good this early. I mean, it's, it's sort of like a Shangoon situation, like last year. So now they're kind of forcing their hand on what they're going to have to do with players like Jayshon Tate even KJ Martin, because, I mean, you're still going to have some type of a log jam when Jay Shantae comes back. you going to have to figure out those minutes one way or another. So the Rockets got a lot of interesting decisions coming up. They have a whole week off to finally get some type of rest because they had, a, like, a ridiculous schedule to start the year. So I think we'll see a better effort from the Rockets on Friday and Saturday uh, coming up this weekend. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Uh, we'll probably be back, you know, towards the weekend once the Rockets get back to playing. We appreciate everybody that comes out every week that joins us on the podcast, checks out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. And as usual, uh, make sure you check out our next episode of the Field Podcast presented by Clutch Facts.